Ho, ho, ho! It's Aya Boy Santa Claus, and tis the season to be jolly. The boys are ready for the holidays, and the theme is animated holiday movies. First up is Dub's movie, and he chose the 2004 movie The Polar Express, directed by Robert Zemeckis, starring Tom Hanks, Chris Coppola, and Mikhail Jetta. The movie is about, on Christmas Eve, a young boy embarks on a magical adventure to the North Pole on the Polar Express, while learning about friendship, bravery, and the spirit of Christmas. So let's have some milk and cookies and listen to Big Trouble in Little Podcast. Just the recording is November 7th, 2023, 10.07 p.m. And it is the holiday season, the Christmas season. We're doing Christmas movies, and it's episode 263. I'm Joe Dubs. I'm Andy. I'm Zach. What's up, Chaz? And this is Big Trouble Little Podcast, everybody. Just so everybody knows what podcasts they're listening to. Uh, and like I said, we are doing Christmas movies and the theme for this year is the animated movies, which, uh, I'm up first because I chose what we do is whoever comes up with the movies first, you know, gets to go in the order. Uh, when we decided to do this, I like you said, what should we do for Christmas? And I was like, this, this, this animated, this, 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 and you're like, yeah, let's do animated. I would have sworn that there were a crud load of animated christmas movies <laughs> and there kind of is but not really it's like is, all, it's all tv specials they're yep. all 30 minutes or less yeah or yeah. charlie brown the grinch like uh, that shit's all like 22 minutes long <laughs> or if it is a feature-length film it is just like the 10th or 11th adaptation of a christmas carol in a different right. animation yeah it's like disney's christmas carol the one with jim carrey yeah mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah, it. I we figured it out that time. Yeah, it's it, all good. And it's funny too because like I'm always the person like I hate cartoons and all that stuff, and I'm just you like, yeah, Klaus sure. When we did it, didn't you? Yeah, I like Klaus. And yeah, like part of me was like, too bad we already did that. I liked that movie. Yeah, yeah I like that movie too. I wish there was a sequel. Maybe there was a sequel. Who knows? Uh, it just came out like 2019 or something. Klaus. Yeah. But I chose first and. I chose a movie that I've never, ever, ever, ever. I just did a Chris Jericho thing. Ever, uh, ever. Like you gotta do it like that. Yeah, I've never seen ever, and and he will never watch again. Again, (laughs) I will. I will watch it again because we are talking about the Polar Express, uh, made by Robert Zemeckis. Which, by the way. Uh, did contact, did Forrest Gump, did uh, the movie Flight, and Back to the Future, he was a writer for. So, he also did Used Cars with Kurt Russell. Yeah. Oh, nice. He so, but he did a bunch of basically that guy just made a bunch of great movies. <laughs> yeah. 
a pretty solid career. And then you got Tom Hanks, who's the star of this. Uh, did Tom Hanks do like multiple characters in this fucking? Yeah, like uh, six or seven of them. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah, he's credited as like Hero Boy, Conductor, Hobo. Um, hold on, I have to pull it all up. It's it's a Santa? whole thing. Santa he Claus. He gets credit as being the Scrooge puppet, but the Scrooge puppet is being controlled by the ghost, the who is the hobo. So that I don't know so why he, that's he a is Scrooge credit. too. Here it is. Hero boy, father, conductor, hobo, Scrooge, Santa Claus. Oh, that is true. Yeah, Scrooge is the hobo, so it doesn't. Yeah, I, I wondered why IMDb did that. I was like, stupid because they're dumb. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, the plot is uh, starts off with this little boy who is having a troubled time believing in Santa Claus because seeing is believing, and he goes to sleep and. You know, the parents are like, oh, poor kid. He used to stay up all night waiting for Santa. And now the magic's gone. And then when he, I guess, goes to sleep, the house starts to fucking rock. And a train decides to go down the street. And nobody else wakes up besides him and other kids, too. <laughs> uh, which I thought, I thought I made a mistake in this movie because I thought everybody didn't believe in the Christmas spirit. But apparently they all had some type of issue i guess or they needed to learn something from santa claus because of the ticket situation um but the boy had a problem with believing and that was like the main theme for the whole movie of the 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 entirety until pretty much the end spoiler alert. but uh it's a pretty simple fucking plot so I just want to get into this Christmas movie has a has an ending where a child learns to believe in in the spirit of Santa Claus. You've ruined <laughs> yeah. this movie, and now I don't even need to watch it. Yeah, Dubs, why didn't we happen. watch? We need to pick Inception. That's a great Christmas movie. Could watch that instead. <laughs> don't, don't you could watch Batman Returns. Oh shit! Let's not let's not go there. Yes, let's or, go there. Let's go. Now. <laughs> or, let's do a fucking oldie classic here, where Chaz says Prometheus is a fucking Christmas movie. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, that's you watch that. Yeah, but yeah, uh, I just want to get into the highs and lows of this movie. The fucking animation for when did this movie come out? Two thousand and four. Yeah, the animation is so much better than some movies today. Like, yeah, I wanted to talk about the animation first too because when this movie came out, and even since, people keep talking about all the uncanny valley. Oh, it looks so weird. Oh, I don't like it. Uh, it's not that bad. Yeah. If anything, it kind of looks, looks cool. Pretty now. good. Looking back, I think it aged really well because it, pretty it, well. it looks really good and it's kind of unique. There's so few things that look like it. Like part of it is if it was like perfect, if it looked if it looked perfect, it would lose some of its charm. Like all the elves look, let's face it, pretty fucked up. They all look ridiculous, and that's like yeah. kind of. Part of it, I think. And some of the children look a little weird, too. Yeah. It's fine. So, since we're talking about it, too, I thought this was a neat trivia piece. This film is listed in the Guinness Book World Records as the first all-digital capture film. Every acted part in this movie was in digital capture. Mm. I just, that was kind of neat. It was just, yeah, just first thing that's on the did you know there. I, noticed, so, I don't know. I, I agree. I, I thought the animation looks really cool. Um, 
again, the type of movie they chose, I think, was a good one for this because they're playing with, um, I mean, almost all of it's at night. You're using uh, backgrounds that are very clear, black and white with the snow off of the dark. I, I think that was a good call, like having a lot of the fog and mist and stuff and everything um, as they're traveling. Um, and then, of course, uh, I, th- I think Alan Silvestri did the music, correct? Oh, really? Uh, I think well, so. Yeah. Sense. Yeah, it sounded like his stuff. It's uh, yeah. The, the it's funny. I I was kind of in dubs, but I hadn't watched this movie until a few years ago. I watched it with my nephews. And, yeah, Alan Silvestri uh, is the uh, music guy. But I knew the music because I've I've heard the music before when I was just like listening on a, like a Pandora station, and I've heard the soundtrack. Um, so to me, the music stood out, and it helps to again music so, such an integral part of of cinema. But uh, but yeah, the, the music of this movie is phenomenal. Um, and I will say this, watching this movie with children, I probably need to watch this movie by myself <laughs> without any interruptions, but both times I've watched it, I've had children like doing things and mucking about, so it did take it's away a little of, bit. It's, it's that kind of movie. I mean, it's a movie you'd watch with a child. That kind of makes well, sense. Well, yeah, I watched it with my with then the first time, and then most recently this time around, I watched it with uh, my family, so my wife and daughter. And uh, again, you take it in, but then my daughter's four, so she's moving around and want to do other stuff. And hey, get out of that! What are you doing? No, don't try to eat the dog's food. You know, <laughs> like just whatever nonsense while we're trying to watch the movie. Or the better one is she's asking questions every two seconds and wanting you to explain the entire existential crisis of Santa Claus while the movie's just going keep on. Saying magic. Yeah, but see, the, you think that will work, but it ends up just being this like whole paradox where she continues to just say why, but why, but why. I mean that that's. <laughs> That that's what a child is meant to do. That's how a child's gonna learn. However, that's a very good segue into uh, something I had a problem with, um, not with the movie itself, but uh, after I watched it, I I liked it. I liked it a lot. I didn't like fall completely. I'm seeing it for the first time, by the way, with the podcast. Um, I didn't like you know fall head over heels for it, but I was like, oh, why did I wait so long to watch this movie? This is pretty pretty okay yeah. Christmas movie, and I started looking up stuff about it. And uh, there's a main reason for that that I'll get into later. But I started looking up stuff for it, and it like there's all these lists of like oh stuff you missed in the Polar Express, and uh, like like uh, goofs on IMDb, and it's all like oh the amount of cars is inconsistent, or this weird thing happens, or or um the, the when when the little girl goes back to take the hot chocolate to the other kid, she doesn't actually leave her ticket on the seat, but then there it's like. It's all, it's a magic train, goddammit, guys. Come on. It's it's a fucking Christmas train, and it's magical, and it's going to the North Pole. Like, people are, like, nitpicking. Well, in the scene with the wolves, you can see there's clearly multiple uh, railway cars, but when they get to the North Pole, there's only five. <laughs> Where are the other ones? They're fucked up. Robert Jamekis needs to be taken to court for this. Like, <laughs> it's a magic Christmas train. God damn it. I, <laughs> no one gets to spend their... Like, this is the one thing, the one kind of movie where I think everyone universally understand. Like, last year I talked about um, the intro to the, the French Beauty and the Beast where it says, look, just have fun. Just suspend your disbelief and just watch this movie and fall into a magical trance and have, have fun. That's a Christmas movie. It's like the reason this movie exists is to like let you experience an hour and 46 minutes of, of Christmas whimsy. And people are still like, no, that's wrong. I don't like that. That's wrong. They fucked well, yeah. Maybe they, maybe Robert Zemeckis did it on purpose uh, so that, you know, because the kid is kind of falling out of Christmas, right? And obviously the parents can't hear the bell at the end. 
yeah. and all that stuff, and maybe they lost a few octaves in their hearing. Yeah, maybe it's meta. Maybe it's meta for people that are watching to be like, uh, if the train was off the tracks on the lake, that the train wouldn't be able to move backwards, forward, or diagonal. That's how friction works, or something. Yeah, you know? yeah. So Tom like, Hanks can still hear the bell because he's got tinnitus from World War Two. He survived. <laughs> this, is a, this is an alternate timeline where he survived. Yeah, actually, if, if people want to get real, this kid has some doc talk for you. This child has a brain tumor, and <laughs> this whole thing is just a vivid hallucination. And um, the bell is actually the last thing he gets uh, to represent the symbolism of him having the same ringing in his ears before he goes to the doctor and they realize he has a brain tumor. So, yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah. Uh, made dark. <laughs> yeah. Uh, when she loses the ticket, by the way, I, I thought for some strange reason, like, and I love the swerve, by the way, because like I thought the animals were bringing the ticket back to the the the, the, the child, mm. but the but you know the wolves were being wolves and the eagle was feeding it to the fucking I don't know why, but was feeding it to the baby and the baby's like, bitch, I don't want this ticket in my mouth, and he's like spits it and then it rolls down the hill and all that stuff. But, that whole sequence made me angry. It just made me mad. <laughs> it, that sequence, as well as a few others, remind me that this movie came out when 3D was a thing. I'm pretty sure. There's a bunch of moments in this movie. It's like, I bet that looked cool in 3D. <laughs> that, I, that, that sequence is one of those sequences that a boardroom said, we have to put this in the film. And Zemeckis was like, ah, fuck it, I guess. This, this is a tech demo <laughs> for our, our three-dimensional technology. Uh, it just made me mad, not because of all that other shit. It just made me mad because it was frustrating to watch. Can we talk just... about something just to jump points? Can we talk about something? And maybe you guys don't agree with it. And I'm not saying I don't like the movie. I, again, it, I, this doesn't even really take away from it. It's funny. It's funny. The, okay. the main character's kind of an asshole. Yeah. For as a kid, he's he's kind of a nosy shit. Just like I kept watching the whole thing, and I was like, "This movie should just be a cautionary tale about staying in your fucking lane." If he just didn't <laughs> keep fucking with stuff, nothing would happen. But he's just so goddamn curious and won't leave shit alone. Again, it, it's not the kind of his heart, but you know, the path to hell is paved with good intentions. Just leave yeah. shit alone, and it'd be fine. Yeah, yeah, if this it, was a, if this was a German Christmas story, he would have fallen off the fucking train. And died. He'd have gotten, gotten <laughs> beaten up by Krampus. Is what would have happened? Yeah, exactly. Krampus would beat shit out with reeds. <laughs> I, I just kept on thinking ever, after that ticket scene, like coming back to the, the train and stuff, I just think like everything was destiny at some point. Like the shit had to happen so that he could believe or whatever. And Santa and all the elves knew that was going to happen. Like everything was predestined. <laughs> it felt like for the, the kid to believe. Yeah. That's how I felt. And then. What annoyed me about the main character is after he saw all that fucking shit and he came home, he did the whole thing of looking at the cookies and it started not believing me again. I was like, you motherfucker, you saw the North Pole, you saw a fucking Santa Claus, you saw a fucking New Jersey fucking, or like New York accent, New Jersey, uh, NCIS fucking NSA uh, elves looking at naughty and, and good children and stuff. While wearing a Napoleon fucking hat, <laughs> like, yeah, why that guy have a tricorner hat? <laughs> his motto was seeing to believing, and he saw, and he started to believe, and then he went home. He's like, I don't know, man. I don't, I don't know if this was all real. I don't know if it was like he was becoming disbelieving. I think it's just like there was concern that 
Cena. Like, oh, he already went to that other kid's house. Why didn't he come here? Maybe he's trepidation. Well, yeah. again, he's a he's a skeptical ass kid, and also again, because I I also perceived it as this as a viewer. I mean, again, all this fantastical stuff's happening to him that doesn't have any good explanation or sense otherwise, which is why people shouldn't criticize it because it is just all magic. Did he dream it all up? Right. Is all yeah, dream- there, there is always yeah. the constant, is this a dream? It's like, did I dream Elf Aerosmith or did I live? <laughs> what the hell on a minute? <laughs> that's like the weirdest out of nowhere moment of the whole movie. I was like, that, wait, that really <laughs> Yeah, that that has to also be a whole thing of uh, the boardroom. Yes, had some weird deal that also was tied to. Well, my my daughter's an elf for you guys because this is also wasn't this all made by the same uh, production company that that uh, build for Lord of the Rings. I don't know. I'm pretty sure know. it is. I'm pretty sure it's all Warner Brothers. But there are I, a lot of is it, th- this this movie is originally based on like a a, a child's book, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, I mean, the book is obviously quite short, I'm sure. And then when they were making the movie, they were like, oh, we got to link in it. What kind of stuff do children like that we can add? How about yeah. a musical number about hot chocolate? You know, it's, yeah. there's like a bunch of, oh, we need to, we need to make sure we show animals. Get, get some caribou and <clears throat> wolves in there. Kids like st- animals. My son likes, st- my nephew loves animals. We need Steven Tyler being an elf. Kids will love that. <laughs> Kids will love Aerosmith. See, while all the people on the <laughs> kids love Aerosmith, I don't even love Aerosmith. <laughs> See, p- people on the internet that were being like, "Oh, d- nitpicking at everything that was happening on the train." The only thing I had was, "Wow, this train is not safe at all." Because, like, when they went to each car, there's like no fucking railing or anything, and then yeah. like, <laughs> have you guys ever been on a train? And, yeah. and gone in between the cars. There's like, yes. there's stuff, right? Yeah. Like it's not just exposed. Yeah, there's not just a knuckle there, and you just you're supposed to leap from the platform. Like, yeah, it's, they, you're, you're, <laughs> I don't. I've been on, I've been on a few trains, and they all had, you know, it, it, it was loud, and you were clearly outside, but there was still like, you know, a walkway, and like it was covered, and I don't know. The FRA would have shit canned their asses. It, it was actually gone. that again. If we're getting to that, although I feel like the same people that were like, well, this is with cars, and they changed it, but there were times when they transitioned, and it gave the appearance off that there was a seamless way to go from one train car to the next, as if it did have all that safety stuff. Like there wasn't, it, like you know, it was a transition room that wasn't a problem versus. The, the one that he had the time that he's got to like jump into all the nonsense. Uh, yeah, it's, I see what you're talking about because like there's one scene where it looked dangerous and then all of a sudden he was back into safety in the in the cart and stuff. Yeah, uh, he was on top and he had to come back around and he, he basically ended up back up in the room after he saw Scrooge and all that. But yeah. he just comes back in the room. like They like walk through multiple train cars without there being a problem. Yeah, I it's... it's but like when I initially started, when uh, uh, Tom Hanks was bringing the little black black girl because she lost she lost her ticket ticket and stuff, and I'm like, wait a second, they walked on top of the train all the way to the front. Hey, like, hey, hey, Christmas magic. I know, I know, but <laughs> the, the one thing, like, besides that, that leads to what is my favorite element of the whole movie: the, uh, the mysterious ghost of a Christmas hobo. He's oh yeah, the hobo, the hobo Christmas spirit. Yeah. 
Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I kept telling Evie that, that that's a real thing, that uh, everyone just has a magical Christmas hobo that's looking out for them to make sure that they understand the, the value of Christmas. There you go. And, if, and if now you she asks, like, about Christmas stuff, that's the way to do it. Yeah, and, uh, Dad, and she's like, Daddy, when is the Christmas hobo going to come see us? And I'm so happy <laughs> that, that that is a term that she uses. <laughs> the Christmas hobo should have been played by Tom Waits, not Tom Tom Hanks. If that one ruled. <laughs> that's what they kick ass. <laughs> <laughs> no, I like him. And the the moment um, when the when the the back car decouples and it's like going down the hill, and he shows him how to apply the brakes with the wheel, and the tunnel hits him and he like disappears. That got a huge, genuine laugh out of me. That was hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Zach, that did did you get Resident Evil Zero vibes with this train a little bit? Because I did. Yeah, uh, I kept thinking of the Ecliptic Express randomly. I don't know why. I think it's because it looks similar, like the tr- the the engine does or whatever. Well, that, well, that's why I was like, why don't these have railings? Because like in Resident Evil Zero, like if you go on the outside of the train to like turn on some like valves and buttons and shit, like there's like an outside railing that they were able to walk all the way to the you know the side of the train. Again, I know. Christmas I'm not, magic. I'm not gonna lie. Of all the things we were gonna compare this to, I never in a million years would have guessed that we were gonna make a Resident Evil comparison with this movie. Oh, there's trains. It was it. horrifying. It <laughs> <laughs> was a ghost. There are there are two things I thought about. If you guys, if you watched the episode of Rick and Morty Story Train, which is also based a little on this, but it's more based on the episode of TNG that is based on the anthology train where. The tickets, no. please. I can't remember the name of that that episode, but like they go through the whole anthology of of TNG within a train itself, and it's a story. Uh, I don't know. It, both of those are tied to this. I thought about that, but that's that's where yeah. my my brain goes when I see a, a train and tickets, please, and nonsense. So. This makes me think about Last Crusade. Ah, yeah. Yes. No ticket. Well. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I tried to find evidence of this, and I couldn't, so it might be bullshit, but um, I swear at some point in the past, I saw like a YouTube video or something that was about interesting Easter eggs on DVDs, and it was about how somehow in this movie, there is like two or three alternate takes when he punches the ticket and different letters will appear on it. I just always thought that was really cool and really like magical. If you're a kid who rewatch, you know, when you're a child, you rewatch the same movie like twelve times in a month or something. I always thought that was really cool, but I couldn't find it again, and I tried really hard. But I swear <laughs> I saw that. I swear there's like a DVD version of this movie that when he punches the ticket, like in the in the, I just watched the version on HBO Max, which is probably what most of you watched. It was just B and E, but there's a DVD where two different letters appear instead of B and E. It's just different parts of belief. I gotcha. Yeah, it, it is 100% true. So, a few years ago, I'm reading this, as, uh, I've been on Reddit. It, we were watching Polar Express on DVD. We noticed something strange. If you've seen the movie, there's a scene where he will punch a ticket and he punches L-E. However, when we watched it this time, he clearly punched a D. We thought it was a misprint. Something was wrong. It gets even weirder. We went back and watched and rewound. Every time we went and rewound, it went back and forth between D and L E. 
there's literally an Easter egg in the movie. Each time it would change within watching the DVD, it changes which one you see. I knew it was something like that. Yeah. Like Mandela effect stuff. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Jumping universes. So apparently the other movie that does this, this is a great one. I love this. These are like these weird fun facts, you know, for like a cocktail party or something, which I would never go to because I fucking hate people. But uh, the DVD of The Ring does the same thing. If you're watching The Ring, the frames that happen in the, the order of the frames whenever she's coming through the TV, they're different each time you watch the movie. If you pay attention that. to each, I think I saw that in that same YouTube. Yeah. So I and I again, I'm literally just reading someone else posting the same thing on this. It's just hilarious that those two movies would have that in common. Uh, Imagine like some guy who like edited the movie just wanted to fuck with people, and like the D stands for you know the first letter of dead. So the kid is dead the whole fucking time. <laughs> brain tumor killed him. I mean, none of these children are alive. I mean, and I, I'm pretty sure Eddie Deason's character, his parents were at they least don't. dead because they, they didn't <laughs> want to listen to him talk because his voice, man, I don't know what it is. Anything, I, again, I, it's he does a great part of what he's supposed to do, but I hear his voice and it just, it just makes my... That's my the kid balls. with the glasses, right? Yeah. Yeah, I was hoping all. Santa would yeah, know like, it all. Shoot it's him or something. He's know it all. Yeah. Oh man, his voice is. Oh man. <laughs> it's like Santa, give me the gift. Give me the gift. I want Santa like grab his forehead and shove him down. <laughs> you like in a Christmas story when he just kicks him down the slide. Yeah. yeah. It's like oh, you've been nice, but your oh, voice is naughty. Oh. oh man. Yeah. It. The, the overall, like, I think what really got me or hit me in the feels is like. You know, if you have any listeners out there, if you have kids near your uh, listening device, get them away. But like we all we've we've said several cuss words already and ruined the plot of a children's movie. I I mean, children are listening. It's your fault if they're listening now, you piece of shit parent. That yeah, happens everyday kids anyway. Well, I'm talking about like the the belief of Santa Claus, like you know <laughs> that. Sorry, that's what we're gonna cover. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Listen, kids, fucking kids. believe in Santa Claus, okay? Yeah, yeah, we're about to have a debate if you're gonna talk about Santa Claus not being real. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but like, what got me was when the parents couldn't hear it, the bell. Yeah, I, like, I think I actually said, "Oh, that's really tragic." Yeah. Like not realizing the irony of being an adult, you know. <laughs> yeah, those are the adults that relate to Squidward now. You ever heard that joke that you watched when you were a kid? You hated Squidward because he's annoying, but now he's the one you relate to the most. If you go back and watch SpongeBob, no, yeah, there's like, a, there's like a meme that perfectly encapsulates it. He's like looking out the window, he sees Squidward, and it's like me, and it shows Squidward. It says an old fuddy duddy, and then it says present day me, and then it looks at SpongeBob, an annoying little shit. Yeah, that's exactly it. Yeah, no, that's, that's totally true. You're like, uh, uh, so yeah, I mean, that's kind of the thing, though. As you get older, you lose that sense of innocence because you realize this world will chew you up and spit you out. So, no, dog, I believe in Santa forever. Yeah, yeah. And actually, you know what it is? It's that to tie it to what we previously went through, which if you guys catch our previous episodes, uh, that'll be up about uh, our David Lynch series. Um, all the other adults watched Mahalan Drive. That's the difference. Because if a child saw Mahalan Drive, they wouldn't hear the bell anymore either. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> I think it's Blue Velvet. If, if, if you watch Blue Velvet. <laughs> no, Blue Velvet just the kid that tried PBR and said, this tastes like piss. Why would they drink this? 
And Santa Claus is fucking uh, Dustin. I almost said Dustin Hoffman. Never mind. Um, that's a totally <laughs> different other car- actor. But James yeah, like Hopper. you mean Rain Man, Rain Man, Definitely. Santa Claus. That would explain a lot. If Santa Claus <laughs> had autism, a lot of this would make more sense. Yeah, I mean, uh, Mandark had autism. Yeah, that know it all kid. He definitely had all. He he spouted all that stuff about trains, and I was like, autist. That autist. <laughs> he, did, he did the exact train model and shit, even though it's a magic train. <laughs> like I I have heard people have said, "Do you like trains?" And that is. That is asking someone if they're autistic without asking them if they're autistic. <laughs> what are your interests? I like the hedgehog in trains. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> that actually happened to me in real life. Not that I asked somebody. Is just I was talking to somebody, and then he said, I like Sonic the Hedgehog, and I like trains. And I was like, oh. <laughs> I see. Okay. All right, buddy. Where's your helmet at? <laughs> so what's your favorite Sonic game? <laughs> Is there trains in Sonic? Oh, uh, there should be. Me. I don't know why there isn't. Oh my god! Chaz I think the streams. Died. I think the streams would cross if, you, if there was a train in a Sonic game. Jesus Christ! Sonic train. Oh. Shit! That that was too funny. I almost died. I almost lost <laughs> I the guys again. He had to leave momentarily. Yeah, I had to. Uh, what else can you say about this movie? We talked about how it looks. We talked about its message. We talked about the people in it. Oh, um, everyone always acts like it's a, it's it's. Oh, Tom Hanks plays all these characters. Isn't that weird? What does it mean? I found an article that was trying to examine what it meant. And like, oh, these are all the people that Hero Kid could grow up to be. He could be like this character or this character or a cynic or his dad or whatever. Um, no, it's because it's based on a storybook. And Tom Hanks is your father, and he's reading you the story. Am I the only one who like figured that out immediately? No, that's uh, it's it's literally that. Plus, if you looked at so that's the thing is if you look at it from that, it's it's almost like the Princess Bride, like it's the story, and then he's just he's dreaming the, the whole point of the book is that he's dreaming up the story itself, and it is literally that's what he's seeing. It's the same story it was read to him, but since that's not perfectly explained in the movie, as far as how it's said, then you could look at it like, well, these are all the different types of embodiments of the Christmas spirit in a way because i mean i don't know i've, I've seen that one too but no, yes i no, i agree because he also plays the dad specifically so like in the princess bride you've got like tiny what is it fred savage tiny fred savage and the old yeah. guy's reading him a story and they establish this is a framing device oh like, right right that's what i'm saying that's, like that that's, you don't have that here no you, the polar express you are the framing device you are the child being read a story by your father, who is Tom Hanks. That's why he's doing all the silly voices. I just saw uh, Eddie Murphy from Nutty Professor, and I just rolled with it. <laughs> I just I mean, thought it, it was. It because... could also just be like showcase acting. I just thought it was because Tom Hanks wanted to do a bunch of funny voices, and he wanted to get paid. Yeah, I mean, it is partially yeah. that, but he's. An okay voice actor. Like, I mean, I love Tom Hanks to death. He's a wonderful actor, but acting and voice acting isn't always the same thing. He does an above average job, though. Oh, yeah. I thought he did a great job. Like, even yeah. then, like, there, unless you already know, like, it's not perfectly clear of every individual voice that he covers. Like, it's very clear he, he's the conductor. It's very clear he's the dad. The hobo took me a second, but it it picks up pretty quick. Yeah. But but I mean, he does accents and different things, and like they sound fine. Like I didn't think, and it's not like oh, this is my thing. I'm just rolling over everything. 
Um, and I agree with you that it actually, the premise of what you're saying now, it does make a lot more sense that again, it, it would be as if you're reading a book. I can relate to that because I read a lot of stories and do nonsensical voices when I read them. So uh, I don't like to just read the stories to Evie. I like to make silly voices when I do it. So exactly right. That's, that's what this is. I I don't know. I just thought it was obvious. Maybe I'm the weird, maybe I'm the autist in this situation. I don't know. Do you like trains? I do. What's your favorite Sonic game? Movies Uh, about trains. I don't know. Three. Three. Okay. Now you're Sonic 06. Um, If you you say adventure, then people go. Adventure or adventure (laughs) 2. I especially like the fishing side quests. Like, get out of here. My favorite character is Breezy from the animated series. (laughs) (laughs) Deep cut. Uh, 2006 wasn't that bad. You just have to look past its flaws. Sonic is is surrounded by hot babes. You know, Danny (laughs) Phantom is a great cartoon. I love it very much. What is? What? Damn it, that was too far. I guess I have yeah, more autism like, than both yeah, of you them. Yeah, you have autism. No, I, I watched Danny Phantom. I'm, I'm aware. I just wanted you to feel bad. I'm sorry. I, I that, movie attra- that, that movie, that show attracts autists like, you know, one of those bug lamps does, attracts bugs. Oh, my God. It's does crazy. it? Is that is that really a thing? I, I never yes. picked up Autism Radar on, on Danny Phantom. It just happened to be a thing that it's, would be it's on in, in passing. You got to look in the right spots. It's in dark corners of the internet. You'll you'll find it. See, I thought Fairly Odd Parents because the same person made the animation for both. No, but weirdly that show, enough, no. that that one just there's like way too many memes. Like that that show was hilarious, but that's a different thing. But all right, uh, sorry, we got a little sidetracked. Christmas. Yeah, Christmas. <laughs> uh, I I'm a certified retard, and uh, maybe I missed something. <laughs> <laughs> So when, I'm a certified retard. <laughs> Sorry. So when he when he like whispers in Santa's ear, am I assuming that like he's like, I want the Christmas spirit, give me a, that bell for Christmas, or did he say something and it's supposed to be a not like we don't know, like Silencio Rosebud? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm asking a question to you guys, by the way. Oh, I, I know. I we're know. just trolling. You know, I, yeah. I assume he either asked for the bell directly or he asked he, he wishes that he could believe. He was asking to believe. So Santa's way of making him believe was to give him the bell that made him believe because at least in the, the shot for shot, he sees all these fantastical things but never really gives you any indication he's given uh, into the fact that all oh, this is real until he hears that bell the first time. That's when he like gives a nonverbal expression. Oh shit, this is real. Like he fucking sees the North Pole. Don't worry about that. The, the bell is what does it. He hears the bell and it, it sinks. So the bell represents that. That's why losing it was so tragic because that was the way he could prove that it was real. Okay. Also, also it's funny that they they drive home the point that seeing is believing, but it's the sense of sound that actually drives home that he believes. Yeah, well, that's just something weird. <laughs> well, sound will sounds one of the other senses that will trigger you know memories the strongest. That and scent and smell yeah. is the smell is the strongest. Santa could have just been like, oh, here's some holly leaves and some cinnamon. Now you think about Christmas all the time. <laughs> I do like the uh, 
how the North Pole looks, by the way. Like, there's an actual town. And I just, like, started to think, I'm like, what's the economy over there? Like, <laughs> what's the government structure? Is, like, Santa Claus the mayor of North Pole? Like, I guess. <laughs> I mean, the elves said shit like time is money, implying that yeah, they get paid. That was one of my favorite parts. Like, where they're spying on the, the spy elves that are watching the naughty children. The guy's like, yeah. I will cut the kids some slack. It's Christmas Eve. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's Christmas. The, 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 the boss elf had, like, a Jewish accent. What's that about <laughs> while wearing the fucking like napoleon hat. yeah <laughs> are, are you sure that we're in the north pole nah this is yonkers what yeah <laughs> what borough was he from seriously yeah. yeah like the red phone and shit like like he was about to call in a fucking nuclear strike or something he's like nah yeah, yeah. help us out you're from new york you gotta help us which borough would be the north pole and why is it staten island <laughs> Yeah, you're right because there's trash over there. So it's kind of like it's only <laughs> yeah. Everybody in Staten Island has like the weird fucking strong accent where you're just like, oh, you're from Staten Island. Okay, Does but that yeah, conversation not come up in Elf. Come to think of it, what? Yeah, maybe not. Awkward I can't sounds. remember. No. Not gonna lie, I've not watched Elf enough times to put scene to scene in memory. I've only it's seen sad. I've only ever watched it one time all the way through. Any other time I'd watched it, something had always come up and interrupted it. So I watched that motherfucker eat spaghetti with maple syrup like twenty goddamn times before I watched that movie actually all the way through. I just but. think of Peter Dinklage being like, I got offended by playing this movie and I'm just like Ugh. There's <laughs> there's a good measuring stick. That's what we should use the rest of the month. Is this is this a Christmas classic or is it just a pretty decent movie? This is a decent Christmas movie. Yeah, and when 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 I said on Facebook like, man, why did it take so long for me to watch this movie? I wasn't being like, oh, this is the best movie ever that I ever ever ever, ever watch. I was just like, holy shit, this is good. I like the animation. I, the music is great. Um you know, there's at times where it kind of drags a little bit and makes me annoyed, but it's written that way <laughs> sometimes with the uh, the main character. Um, I also thought like some of the supporting cast was OK, too, like the the black chick who got the word lead because she's a leader and all that stuff. And Billy, <laughs> like they had to put this like poor kid be like this, this poor fucker, like family didn't have a lot of money. So he missed like Christmas all the time. Uh you know, they had that little duet it, that I guess that's what's kind of low for me in this movie. The identity of this movie kind of like children learning things. Yeah, that's yeah, that, that uh, was like right, they included poor people and black people. But I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm just fucking with you. We we we're, we're not into that. We we we're no, I know. Yeah, our viewers, it's got canceled. Shit. Are you I'm, saying the song is a low point, or the development of like the children? Oh, they gotta have no. It, it's the identity of the movie because, like, at certain times, I'm like, oh wait, is this a musical? And then it just like stops being a musical. It turns into like this creepy like horror thing when they go into the fucking train with the toys and stuff. And I kind of like that better. Like, I don't. There's a lot of movies that I think I would be more into if they didn't have to go into a song every six or seven minutes. Yeah. It, every, I don't, every once in a while, I, you know, that can be fun. Now, this is coming from someone who, like, freaking loves uh, 
Muppet Christmas Carol, and there's a hundred songs in that. So I don't know. Maybe maybe I don't know what I'm trying to say, but it didn't bother me. It's yeah. just fine. Have some action. Have some have some development. I don't do stuff. Yeah, I will say, I, Dubs, I do agree with you in the sense that I felt the same way when I first watched it, and the same thing here. In that, why did it take me so long to watch it? It's like one of those like. Again, I think it's one of those things that everyone has a, a movie maybe they hadn't watched until much, much later in life. And they're all, oh, man, it's kind of crazy I hadn't watched that, but you did. So for me, was, this was that movie because I watched a ton of different Christmas movies, tons of schlock and tons of classics. So, yeah. But it falls somewhere in between. It's a movie I would definitely be fine watching again. Did I just add it to the list of movies I'm going to watch every year for Christmas? No, because there's, I, again, and it may actually be objectively a little better than some of the movies I may watch, but the nostalgia's not there, so that is enough alone to not yeah, that's, put it that's there. Important. Like I, I was thinking about, I'm right there with you. It's like in between, like when, uh, when if my niece wants to watch it, and I'm there, I'll sit down and watch this movie. You know, that, that kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. But um, I'm not gonna, you know, it's not going in rotation with the Muppets and Jingle All the Way. <laughs> that oh, uh, th- those are those are the two. Those are my those are my yearly go tos. And uh, uh, Tokyo Godfather's when I can get to it. Yeah, and what I was saying, like low point, is that I don't really care if there was music or no music at all. I just felt like the movie didn't have an identity, where it was like flirting with being a musical, and then it just totally abandoned it because, like, one, I thought the hot chocolate music scene was. Like lame. <laughs> it's, it's, it's jarring. Yeah, it is really jarring. From nowhere. Yeah, it is. Jarring. Everybody's chocolate, hot chocolate mustaches look like real mustaches. Like if you weren't watching it close enough, it's like why do they all must? Oh, okay. And they're getting drunk <laughs> off of it, and like the 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 waiters. Yeah. They, were, they were all getting sleepy after they drank it. Yeah. I, I was like, did they get drugged? What the hell? <laughs> I was like, well, this is getting weird. Are they going to Epstein Island? What the fuck? Uh, I mean, uh, now that you mention it, they, it's a, a bunch of children are being abducted on a magical train heading to the North Pole, and they're giving the kids drug chocolate. Yeah. Uh, going to the pole. Watch out. Yeah. I, it's not actually what you think. Every kid comes back, and no one actually manages to check their back. They're all missing their left kidney. <laughs> 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 so many left kidneys were taken. Oh man, those elves. Yeah, they I think uh, I think Zach hit it right off the bat though. Uh, it, this movie isn't literally like a tech demo, but I think a lot of it is okay. What can we do with all this new technology we just spent all this money on? That's how I kind of felt watching it, and it's like you guys were saying, like, oh, it, it looks good. It kind of looks good to me. It it looks a little weird, uh, and originally. They wanted to make this uh, live action movie, but uh, Robert Zemeckis thought the budget would just be way too high to do that. And he said it wouldn't serve the, the book to, to make it live action. It would just be Snowpiercer with Christmas. Saying. Yeah, I sort of get what he's saying, too, because like I, I went and tried to see what the book looked like. Uh, the guy who wrote the book also did, did all the illustrations. It has a very uh, uh, it weirdly reminds me of like uh it has a look of stuff from like the fifties or something, or it kind of reminds me of like a little bit of the way the the original Batman, the animated series looked. Yeah. Part of had, me, yeah. Yeah. Part of me kind of wishes like, maybe they should have just made this like a, a animated movie, not like a 3d animated movie. I kind of wonder drawn. what that would look like. 
No. It's just, it was the early 2000s computer tech. Oh, look at all this computer shit. It's the new, everyone's going to be like Pixar now. Everyone's going to be like DreamWorks now. I kind of feel like if they made the Polar Express in 1994 instead of 2004, it'd probably have a better reputation. Oh, 100%. (laughs) If it had had been hand-drawn, I think it would be a better movie. Yeah. I don't know. I I, kind of liked it a little bit. I kind of liked how, like, some of the parts were like creepy where it's like, am I watching a children's movie? <laughs> like, it almost went like, uh, what's that one movie with Keanu Reeves? Uh, Scanner Darkly, I think it's called. That's called rotoscoping. Yeah. And I was, it's the it, it's same, same premise. Rotoscoping and the digital actors thing. It's just overlaying mm-hmm. the animation over top of an actual actor's performance. So they're very, you, you, you got it. You're in the same area. <laughs> Yeah, so I, I kind of digged it a little bit. Uh, yeah, th- like that's the only low point of the movie is like the identity crisis. I think it is. Um, I but- uh, I think they really stretched the story out for this movie too, though. Because here's another thing: the story's thirty two pages. Yeah, it, mm-hmm. you can you can feel the the main story beats, and then everything else in between just feels like nonsense. Yeah, it feels <laughs> like drawn out a little bit. I was getting a little bored a couple times. I was like, yeah, there, maybe there if I was points where it draws out. If I was a little kid, like I probably would, honestly, the you know all that talk about like uh, Martin Scorsese, he's talking shit about like MCU. He's like, it's just theme park rides. But this movie was kind of like a theme park ride. Yeah, it's, it's too long. It's, it's it it feels like it's for children. Children would be like, oh look at all the cool train stuff. Oh look at the wolves. Oh look at this stuff. I I, I get that. Oh look at caribou. All the caribou. Yeah. <laughs> But then they, my dog but, did not care for this caribou. <laughs> <laughs> so now that was one point I wanted to bring up. The movie did feel a little long. Like this movie would probably benefit from being a little bit shorter. But again, we've already covered the points of why it is what it is. Like so an hour, maybe. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. Like this is one of those movies you definitely could actually just make it one of those weird like thirty to forty-five minute uh, TV specials. And it, and it would work, but I, I mean, I don't know. This movie could res- still respectfully be like an hour and twenty minutes, and it wouldn't feel too long. But there are parts that are drawn out, and I can tell you now, my daughter's attention span did not hold of this movie at all. She'd see something, she'd be like, "Oh, yeah, that's cool," and then she'd look away, and she didn't get anything from it, and then she'd come back and just go back and forth. So, and that's fine though. She's a kid, so I don't think there's enough going on either with uh, some of the characters either. I kind of got the feeling like it was just like you know, like. I don't. I didn't learn much of anything about anybody. I yeah. one kid. One kid didn't believe in Christmas. One kid's poor. The other kid does. That's kind of. I, I kind of think maybe the target audience is not totally adults. for kids. Yeah, I think it's for adults probably. I mean, it is a Robert Zemeckis movie. He he always does a pretty good job of casting a wide net. So maybe he's, yeah. he's going for. But I'm an adult, and I'm I'm complaining about it. I, One I perfect. <laughs> it wasn't his masterpiece. Yeah, it, it's the Christmas spirit, right? Like, what did like what did Tom Hanks say? Like, or the the fucking Santa Claus that he plays is also is like the spirits always within you and your heart and all that stuff. That's where the Christmas spirit is. I think that's what Santa said. Yeah, uh, it's basically what he said. Yeah, and again, it makes the fucking adults at the end tragic a little bit because yeah, it's not in their heart anymore. They don't hear the sound anymore. Yeah, so I, I said. yeah, so I think that's it's 
probably focused a little bit harder on the adults than than children. Might be because at be times training. I was at times I'm like these kids are being too smart to be kids <laughs> at certain points. A little bit, yeah. But uh, yeah, I, I I definitely see what you're saying, Zach. Like, I I think at least maybe an hour and twenty minutes uh, would have been fine for this movie. Uh, because if you would have canceled out the fucking weird Scrooge area, like the only reason why the Scrooge was there because fucking Bob Humbug and he doesn't like the Christmas spirit, but also they wanted to be like you're a doubter. Like they had to like put that like strange, like creepiness to it. I I mean that actually, I think needs to stay. That's in the book. I, I don't think that's the part you cut. I'd say you cut all the stuff. that's not in the book. Like the, the five minute exposition of where the ticket fucking goes. Yeah. That like the ticket, 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 the random stuff like that, that you, I don't <laughs> need to see. Like I saw when they said they were going to make final fantasy seven. I know what this looks like. This uh, is the, the spirits with <laughs> this is the Final Fantasy spirits within of Christmas movies. I I would that's that's <laughs> not where I would go. <laughs> uh, but you know we should watch that. That's a Christmas movie. No, it's because not. if that doesn't make you believe that there's something else out there, then I don't know what else will. Uh, they're talking X Files shit now, not fucking Christmas. It's different. <laughs> this is a little inside baseball for our podcast stuff, but I ordered that movie today. <laughs> <laughs> oh funny. my god <laughs> all right well, I, got, I got a blu-ray copy of it for like five dollars and change I was like, did you order the special limited edition uh seiko watch the final fantasy spirits within seiko watch from like year 2000 that's okay, like you a ten thousand dollar watch that's that's pretty neat uh so yeah. when when are we getting drunk and watching that because that that seems like a movie you just get plastered to watch i don't know let's wrap up Polar Express. Uh, let's uh, talk about what we're going to watch next week. Yeah, I'd recommend it. Uh, sorry. <laughs> let's do that fucking pun. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I recommend the movie. I won't give it like a super high recommendation, but like it fucking, you know, I wasn't ready for me liking this movie is what I'm trying to say. I was like, yeah. I thought I was going to be like, ah, oh, it's another fucking Christmas movie. And I was like surprised about it. So I recommend. Yeah, I, uh, kind of the same like i vaguely watch it with children but if you're like an adult and you don't have any nostalgia for it you can probably skip it yeah, that's fair i mean i think it's it's one of those movies anyone can just watch once but it's going to be a lot better if you watch it with a family watch it with kids yeah. I, but i mean it's, it's fine I, if you can catch it on like abc family one day yeah sure give it a shot yeah yeah but again I, I, i'm it's not a movie i'm adding to my my list of movies i have to watch every year but yeah, Zach. What about you? Uh, I'm gonna I'm go thumbs middle. Okay. The bar. Uh, it's it's I I don't dislike it. I don't like it a whole lot either. Uh, but I recognize what it is. You know, pretty much what you guys were saying. The Purgatory of Christmas. It's a it's a decent little movie you can maybe watch with your family or something. Uh, other than that, I don't think there's a whole lot to it. I am more curious about the book more than anything now. <laughs> The book I, I've always remember fond of the book because I remember I've never read see, it. I remember seeing it in school and like all the fucking like rich kids always got that book and I was just like I can't don't can't rich get that. Kid. Yeah, it's, it's weird. <laughs> yeah, you know Dubs was a poor and he couldn't read. Yeah, a certified retard here. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Chaz, what's what's the movie we're gonna be watching uh, or talking about next week? <laughs> We're going to be watching the Hanukkah classic. 
<laughs> yeah, that's right. We're twisting it up because we like to include everybody. We're going to be watching Eight Crazy Nights, uh, which is an Adam Sandler animated film. Uh, this is not for the kids. We'll put it like that. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm really excited about this month because, with only one exception, I, everything we're watching I've never seen before. So, oh, that's awesome! And, and actually, that'll be great because it's the inverse. I mean, I don't know what you've picked yet, but um, at least for our other film that Zach has picked, I have never watched it. So there you go. So all, all kinds of experiences. Yeah, I'm excited. So yeah, so check out Eight Crazy Nights next week or before next week, and we'll talk about it. I'm sure we'll have a lot to say. You poop sickles. All right, well, uh, before we get into host credit scene, let's do this ad. So be right back. Wrestling nerds, wrestling weebs, wrestling fans. If you're looking for a different kind of podcast, one that goes over actual big wrestling news, I mean real stories, not somebody getting divorced or baseless rumors or whatnot, and get some color, we got that. We also do reviews of wrestling from the past, but sometimes we also do wrestling from the modern day, too. If it's something that interests us at the time. Other than that, I would say the main attraction is just three guys who have been lifelong wrestling fans doing what wrestling fans do. Cutting up, cracking jokes, and just enjoying the entertainment wrestling can provide. However that comes. If you want to catch Getting Some Color, you can catch it bi-weekly on Thursdays, 10 p.m. Eastern, usually. Usually. Uh, so host credit scene, the place where we t- talked about what the hell you've been watching, reading, or doing. And the reason why I didn't say playing is because Zach is working on a, a video game-centric podcast, and all our playing stuff will probably be set over there. So. Yeah. <laughs> but I played two games! You can, I mean, <laughs> you, I thought we agreed you could mention what you played, but you yeah. can't go into detail about what you did. You'll get yeah. shut down. Oh, yeah. yeah, I'll shut you down. Yeah, I'm still saying what I played. I'm These just, are the rules. You gotta know. I'm not gonna let you go on a rant about 20 minutes about Dark Souls 2 fucking gave you a blowjob behind a dumpster. You're I've not got, allowed to do I, that. I've got a pent-up rant about the end of Mario and Luigi Superstar Saga, okay? Save it <laughs> for I, Thursday. I gotta get it out! <laughs> <laughs> uh... I guess I'll, I'll go first because I don't have a lot of things to say. And since we're going to be fucking talking about eight crazy nights, I watched a, a classic Adam Sandler movie called Big Daddy. Uh, I haven't seen that movie in a long ass time. Uh, the one scene that really like gets me all the time where I'm just like, huh, you know, when they go in the grocery store and they take the like SpaghettiOs cans and they throw Microsoft it on the put down three points. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty good. I haven't seen bu- that one in a while. Does that one hold up? Every time I feel like yes. watching an Adam Sandler movie. Oh, that, that movie, that, that, that's definitely a movie. I know it sounds dumb. So much better as a parent. I'm sorry. Definitely a movie, Chaz. That is it's, definitely a movie. It's one of the movies of all time. <laughs> no, but, I I'll, I'll try to watch it again. I watched it once or twice, and I, I just remember being like, yeah, it's kind of funny. I, I But, you know, I, I watch Happy Gilmore, Happy Gilmore, Waterboy, and uh, Billy Madison like all the time. So I don't know. Oh yeah, I, yeah. It's hard to like, compare it to those because it's in a different way. But at least I've I've watched it in in like within the last year or two years, and it it hits a little different. But again, that's just that's the hell of a child. Ha ha ha! I procreated. <laughs> I get to say that. Well, it's I lost my Bill Clinton. I love them old babies out there. Oh god. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> what? <laughs> the the funny thing about Andy when you mentioned like Waterboy and fucking uh, 
I don't know if he said little Nicky or whatever. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, the Cassius. <laughs> that <one>? Yeah, that <laughs> one. I watched that one a few times, obviously. <laughs> so Big Daddy's up there. Like Happy Gilmore is like my favorite Adam Sandler movie. Uh, and then uh, what's the one where he goes back to school? Uh, Billy, Billy Madison. Madison. And, then, and then Big Daddy is like the top. But usually people... Heads. No. Uh, God damn it. Uh, but people usually go, oh, Little Nicky's better and Waterboy is better than fucking Big Daddy. And I just go, no, fuck you. Like, Big Daddy is way better than those movies. But maybe one day we need to have an Adam Sandler ranking. Uh, One Struck Love is way funnier, man. Oh, my God. Don't get me started. 50 First Dates. That's hilarious. Oh, God. That movie is cute. <laughs> put that on the box. Jesus Christ! Dates. People be like, "Wait, what?" <laughs> uh, yeah, that's, so that's I, pretty good. I watched Big Daddy. Uh, I always like get squeamish when the fucking kid pukes because, like, he like makes him eat all that shit, and then Adam Sandler was watching the hockey game, and he like screams really loud. He's like, "What do you want to watch the kangaroo song again?" <laughs> fucking pukes. I'm like, oh. Uh, the thing from that movie I always have carried over, and I, I just at least like once every other week or so end up quoting it is hip hip hop, hip hop anonymous. This is bullshit. You can pick all the easy ones. Yeah, yeah. The the, the 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 grocery scene where the 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 whore who fucking dates old men from Hooters and shit. Uh, she comes around and the kid throws a can on the ground and he goes, Mike Wissoff went down three points. And I'm just like, and then uh, when he goes peeing on the, the building and like all the old people are getting like mad that he's peeing on the building, he's like, What do you want to take a picture? You put a fucking name on the wall. What are you doing over here? Uh, it's so funny. I love that movie. Uh, yeah, so I watch that. Um, I'm still like going through because I watched Polter, oh, like, Poltergeist one and two, so I'm still in like fucking uh, Halloween mode a little bit. Uh, since we're still like doing, uh, we're in November as of today for recording. So I watch Halloween. Yeah, time travel and watching Halloween stuff for Christmas. What are you, Jack Skellington? Yes. <laughs> What's this? What's this? Yeah, Poltergeist one and two. Um, I like Poltergeist one more. I think. Once they started going, every time they make sequels, I'm just like, why? And I understand, like, Hollywood is like, we can make money. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, if you've never seen it, it's that Mr. Krabs money. Yeah. What's that mean? Yep. <laughs> I do know that one. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to make a lot of SpongeBob references, apparently. I'm in that mood. Um, I also watched a South Park special, which is like, again, weird because I don't. Watch oh, animated reverse one. Yeah, yeah. I don't have Paramount Plus, so I can't watch it, and I'm kind of jealous. It's really funny, and it's. I just, I just love how the South Park creators just say, "Hey, you're offended. Well, we're still gonna offend you anyway," and they still do their shit. So, uh, <laughs> they get away with it, and they get away. Well, they, I think they were trying to cancel uh, them on Paramount, and Paramount is like, uh, no. <laughs> like, uh, so they did like the button. We like uh, money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> money. Yeah, there we go. It's, there it is again. Uh, playing wise, I played NHL. I'm not gonna go into deep detail. Yeah, you've uh, been playing that. We don't, we don't need to hear it. We know it's it's all biased and, and some nonsense. 
Don't buy it. It's microtransactions or something. Dubs finally know. dropped a hundred dollars and started whipping people's asses. That's what <laughs> no, no, he bought all the pads. <laughs> he said, "Yeah, he's got the fucking golden hockey stick." Yeah, no, he, got Wayne, he got Super Saiyan three Wayne Gretzky, and he's fucking kicking all their asses. <laughs> <laughs> Super Saiyan three. <laughs> uh, that's, yep. that's pretty funny. Yeah, so I've been playing that uh, with my friend. Uh, I'm. I'm probably uh, before the new year happens. I'm gonna make a list of the hit list that I want to hit for the year. I think that's how I'm gonna hit it. Instead of just being like, I got all these hundreds of games I need to finish. I'm just gonna go year by year and be like, here's the top ten that I want to do um, as fo- for the year. Um, so that's what I'm gonna be aiming for as far as doing gaming wise. Instead of me just playing NHL all the time, they they try to get me play Fortnite. Like the OG Fortnite the other night, and I'm just like, I didn't like OG Fortnite. I, I started liking it when they put Robocop in it. <laughs> All that stuff. Are they different? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like OG Fortnite just had like regular wacky animated characters, and it was like a smaller map, pretty much. Huh. Yeah. I, I just assumed they'd been updating the same Fortnite all this time. <laughs> oh no. Well, I mean, the game fundamentally changed too, right? Like. The yeah. original was just like straight up, like a d- tower defense kind of, and yeah. then like, like that it was like that, and that was it, and then they went into the full. Oh, let's just make this PUBG, but like, do our own twist on it, and then that's when they got the money, and then they sort of like, oh, what if we just put every fucking reference we possibly can in this game? I bet that'll make even more money. Hey, look, it's Master Chief from Fortnite. Yeah. <laughs> We're gonna have to get that clip of Mr. Krabs saying money now. Yeah. <laughs> well, you guys are admins now, so you could add fucking whatever clips you want to do. Shit, so. I need to buy a fucking soundboard. <laughs> I used to have something there, but not anymore. I gotta put that on my soundboard. But other than that, I've been watching a lot of YouTube shit because I'll keep it like mystery still. I'm working on a project that will be announced at the end of December. Uh, That's kind of rebranding-ish. So I'll just keep it mystery like that. I'm not rebranding this this fucking podcast or any podcasts that we do on the better... uh, I almost said better. I almost said an old podcast that I did. Uh, But Big Trouble Little Network. (laughs) None of that's changing. Um, It's something more for me that I'm changing about. So keep an eye out on that. YouTube wise, I've been watching. Have you guys ever watched Luke Stevenson? I don't think no. so. No, I don't he, think so. He does a lot of like deep analysis and stuff. He did like a Dutch Stranding deep analysis, uh, uh, and he did a video about. Again, this is a Thay game thing, but like Modern Warfare three fucking single player is fucking trash. <laughs> Uh, and I, and I'll just leave it at that. So just keep an eye on Luke Stevenson. I'll put it in our Facebook chat. It was nice. Uh, he's he's a, he's a good YouTuber. But Andy, what about you? What what, what, what have you been doing? I beat Mario and Luigi. I'll I'll hold on to that. After that, I moved on to um of all things Assassin's Creed Three. Oh, I just felt like playing. Weird. It. Never played that one before. I've been looking forward to it for years. And I kept thinking, like, oh, I never played. Uh, which one came after Brotherhood? The one where you're in Constantinople? I don't remember. I never mm. played it. And I kept thinking, oh, I got to play that one first so I know what happened with Desmond. And eventually, I was like, Unity? Oh, 
fuck Desmond. I don't care. I'm just gonna go Revelation. Play I want. Re- Revelation. Revelation. That's it. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, I just figured, eh, fuck it. I'm going to play the one I want to play. I want, I want to play the one that takes place in Colonial America. That rules. So I'm doing it. So far, it's a lot of fun. Uh, but my Switch is... My Switch isn't going to survive. Like, guys, I got to replace it. It's in <laughs> bad shape. Um, that's all the game stuff. Uh, oh, and I played some Game Gear games, but none of them for longer than, like, half an hour. Just, like, you know, just testing the water, seeing if I want to get into one. And then I watched movies. Um, I watched um, Existence. It's, it's a it's a cyberpunk thriller. I don't know. It's got Jude Law in it, and it's about like a weird, um, like a who's a director? It's like a VR. What's that? Who's a director? Um. Oh my it- god! It's someone. <laughs> Hang on. It is a human. I watched it like two weeks ago. Leave me alone. Uh, David Cronenberg. That's it. I knew it was okay. Cronenberg. So oh. Okay, that's kind of a thing. And it is a Cronenberg movie, but um, I don't, it's got a Willem Dafoe in it, and uh, yeah, uh, um, what's it? Yeah, Bilbo. Uh, Ian Holm. Ian Holm's in it, and uh, Jude, Jude Law is the main guy, and uh, Jennifer Jason. Lay, what's her name? Lee, whatever. She's she's, she's the other main person, and uh, it's a cool movie. It's neat. I like it. I didn't love it. I liked it a lot though. Um, it's part of the um, techno thriller collection on the Criterion Channel. That's why I decided I needed to watch it. Is, is that the movie where it's like it's futuristic, but it doesn't feel futuristic? Like there's stuff that's futuristic, but it still feels like the eighties. Yeah, it takes place in the near future. And it's about um, uh, uh, the the woman's a video game designer, and she made a new virtual reality game, and people were trying to stop her because it's it's um, I can't remember it's it's bullshit the whole thing. But <laughs> the game is basically it's basically exposing um, the fucked up ways that they have to make these game decks, which are made out of like mutated amphibians it's it's fucking wacky Cronenberg shit it's wacky I don't know if you like Cronenberg movies and or if you like movies like kind of about video games then yeah I think you'll like it it's neat um Will Defoe's really good in it he's only had like a couple scenes but he rolls um he just rolls uh, like right after I watched it though like I kept seeing Jude Law and I kept thinking about man I don't like Jude Law but you know what I really like Enemy at the Gates so then I watched Enemy at the Gates immediately <laughs> okay <laughs> I don't know uh, I, I, he's in that and I like that movie have you guys seen Enemy at the Gates yeah I no. also seen AI artificial intelligence he's in that too I didn't know he was in that yeah but uh, Enemy at the Gates is great I was thinking about it a lot because I listened to a podcast about the Ed Harris uh, is in that movie film. right Yes, he's also killer in it. I love him. Uh, what else? I watched uh, The Seven Ups. You guys ever heard of the movie The Seven Ups? It's not no. what you think it is. <laughs> um, I thought it was going to be about the... Soda, yeah. That's true. Yeah, the, the, the soda brand, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but no, it's a, it's about a bunch of cops. Um, the main guy is... Uh, what's this guy's name? Something Schreier. The main guy in Jaws. He's the main guy in this. Okay. I can't remember the actor's name, but... um. There, there are a bunch of cops, and they kind of like work on their own and and do some uncopply things to try to catch mobsters and stuff. The name comes from whenever they catch people, they get seven and up 
in jail. Like that's the point. They only go after big crimes, not petty stuff. Um, it's famous because it has a uh, very cool car chase in it. That's actually why it was. It's, uh, I watched this on the Criterion Channel as well. It's part of the '70s car chase collection. But the guy who directed it, it's the only movie he ever directed. But he produced both Bullet and The French Connection. Whoa. So you know that's like this movie's pedigree. Uh, it's it's a really good, it's a good movie, especially if you like car chases. You gotta see that car chase. It's so cool, and the way it ends is terrifying <laughs> but it's very <laughs> cool it's a good movie um uh any other movies i didn't watch any other movies however i did watch both the mexican grand prix and the brazilian grand prix zach watched the brazilian grand prix with me i, I think yeah, we had a good time that was an exciting race the mexican grand prix was pretty exciting but not like the brazilian one man it was it was a good time I also watched the sprint race and stuff. It was, it was interesting. Um, and then I watched two long YouTube things. I just wanted to mention. Um, there's a there's a guy who makes documentaries on YouTube called Imp Lemon. He's kind of popular. You guys may have even heard of him before. I've but, seen some of his stuff. Yeah, he made a new video called Ghosts of the 72 Dolphins. And it's just about the perfect season in uh like playing a perfect season in the NFL, which is something I n- no way interested in. I don't watch the NFL. I don't care about the 72 Dolphins. I don't care about any of that shit. But because he made it, I was like, I'll give it a shot. And I'll probably turn it off a bit. It was so interesting. Like he, he does a really good job of, of contextualizing stuff in a way that makes it interesting, even if you don't care about it. And that's kind of the way it's pitched, because I guess there's a bunch of stuff in it that is obvious to people who follow football. Uh, stuff about more recent seasons and he says I ignore this on purpose now we're going to go back and talk about it but it is extremely good it's a little less than an hour but I highly recommend it it's just a real interesting every every once in a while it's it's good to watch something that you don't know anything about I think that's kind of what these documentaries are about and speaking of watching something you don't know anything about I watched a six hour documentary from down the rabbit hole about Eve Online dear god God. I'm so sorry (laughs) Um, I've been looking forward to it because he teased that he was making that. And Eve Online is something like, I would see a little bit about it. There would be like an article on PC Gamer or Kotaku or where the fuck ever, Rock, Paper, Shotgun, about, oh, a big war in Eve Online. And it costs thousands of dollars of real world money or something. I was like, oh, that sounds neat. I like space. Space sounds neat. And the moment you dip a toe into Eve Online, you're like, whoa, this is way over my head. Yep. <laughs> it's like corporations and structures you know, structuring and all these different kinds of ships and what they do and the ever moving um, front lines of, of corporate wars, just way over my head. So I've been looking forward for a while to this documentary so I could like, you know, wrap my mind around it a little bit because it seemed interesting, but very complex. And yeah, there's a reason it's six hours long, but it basically plays just like a documentary about a war. Like a historical documentary. (laughs) It really is just about like the rise and fall of factions and like when conflict started and who was in charge and specific like battles have names. Like in the lore of just the players, the PvP, the people who play the game, like wars have names and battles have names, and there's there's people who have like risen to fame because they control factions or they did something noteworthy and uh, it is also extremely interesting if you've ever been like hey, what the fuck is evil Moon all about i really recommend that documentary like you know we always talk about watching action button and uh i i beat a game and you know long stuff 
Yeah, send that to me because I was always wondering about Eve Online. And my when I back in the heyday when I was fucking playing EverQuest and all that shit, um, Eve Online was like one of the top things my friends talked about. I'm like, I don't want to play that game. <laughs> I remember hearing some ridiculous fact about it because I have a friend that I guess he used to play it, but he's he's not in, like in heavily invested now. But from sheer numbers, the economy invested in like the lifetime of Eve Online's span or, or current. I don't remember how it was listed. This was like a couple of years ago too, pre-COVID. But um, it is the economy is greater than than like a handful of developed countries. Yeah, like, uh, like the economy is. Re- it's absolutely ridiculous. Like it can almost be its own governing body. <laughs> it's very, very complicated, and yeah, there's all these different layers to it, and the way that players trade, both like you know, there's three different kinds of space. There's like there's one that's controlled by the empire, and you're safe there, and then there's low security space, and then there's no security. We are like you know all that's the all the, all the big guys. So yeah, exactly right. <laughs> I, I, it's, it's really interesting. I'll, I'll drop it in the group chat so at least Dubs can watch it. But you, you guys would really get a kick out of it if you like, uh, t- like documentaries about conflict. It's it's wild. <laughs> 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 it's ridiculous. Maybe it's something else. Do you like documentaries about conflict? Do you like trains? <laughs> yes. Yeah, I, I like documentaries about conflict trains. I like documentaries yeah. about Sonic too. Sonic. Well, it's funny because when you said you watched two documentaries, I'm like, all right, so 72 Dolphins, and I thought you were going to lead into the the Boogie 2988 fucking documentary. Oh, I watched that too. Yeah, actually, I watched that. Well, you know, I watched it, but while I was on, I was trying to beat uh, uh, Mario and Luigi, and I was like, I got to go back and watch it again because I kept looking up, and they do that annoying thing where they put facts on the screen in text. Mm-hmm. And I, I missed a lot of that. I, yeah. I listened to it more than I watched it, so it's like I'm gonna I'm gonna have to rewatch that in the near future, I guess. That's yeah. Bad, so I just want to bring up like one scene, like the person that did the documentary was like kind of like almost kind of like trying to help Boogie, be like, hey, you need to go get a job. Like the YouTube thing is not working anymore. Yeah. Um, and they did a mock interview, uh, and he led into. I have a disability. I'm fat. Uh, I worked in the porno industry. I'm a registered pedophile. And I'm like, what? Like, what the fuck? And, and literally, like, the end scene of the documentary is Boogie calling up the, the documentary guy and be like, uh, you know what? I have 4 million views on YouTube. I'm just going to stick with YouTube. Oh, my God. Yeah. I think it was just that he had a felony. I don't think it was. I know, but it's like whether you're, you got a felony or were you know c- convicted or not convicted of pedophilia, uh, you don't mention that in a job interview. <laughs> like, like you just don't do that. I mean, they'll find uh, out. They're going to do a background check on you, buddy. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that, that that's interesting. And um, he's an idiot. So I'll just leave he it. Really at that. is like it's the whole thing was mind blowing. <laughs> Yeah. The level of ignorance that has that I always confuse that always confuse that guy with that wings of redemption. Wings of redemption, man. me too. Yeah. Wings beat him in fucking boxing. That's right. <laughs> yeah. That's, wow. that's in the documentary. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah. Oh man. 
So, Andy, anything else? No, that was it. All right, Zach, what about you? Okay, so I watched a bunch of shit. Some of this is from stems back from when I was uh, sick with like a weird stomach virus a few weeks ago. And I forgot to mention it last time uh, we did a show. Uh, I've been watching Dragon Ball Super, uh, finally. And I'm all the way up to the tournament power now. I just finished the the Grand Zeno uh, exhibition. That, that's done. Um, uh, I can finally ask you about the, the thing that happened now. Do you remember, oh. I recalled this. In Go- the, the, the scene that was really funny in the Goku Black Saga. Uh, which one? <laughs> well, well, I mean, there's the obvious one. It's the meme, but it's the the joking one about the kiss. Oh yeah, that yeah. I actually seen that before when that arc was going on. I saw a clip of that. Oh yeah, it became really popular, but I still think it's just hilarious because I like I had since watched over the last year. I've watched all of Dragon Ball, and there are several times where Goku gives, like, especially early Dragon Ball Z, he gives affection. And he, he, he actually does kiss Chi-Chi. So the, there's, and she tries to kiss him several times during like the original Dragon Ball manga, like it get, or yeah. uh, the anime and stuff. It gets brought up. It's just hilarious that out of nowhere, Goku's just an idiot. And is like kissing. What is that? And then, he, and then she, it's like, uh, you mean you've never kissed your wife? They're like, no, why would we do that? He's like, and you have children. He's like, what's that got to do with it? Yes. Vegeta's face. <laughs> you fucking caveman! You just fucking making all those babies. Well, what's even funnier style. is like we're oh, on that man. now. Bulma's pregnant uh, with the, I guess the the daughter that they have that was in GT, but GT is not canon, so fucking forget it. But uh, uh, so he's staying there. Goku's like, "Hey, come with us and go fight." And he's like, "No, I can't." And he's like, "Why?" He's like, "Bulma's pregnant. I'm not going anywhere." And then he's like, "Why does that matter? It's got nothing to do with you." And he's like, how are you still married? <laughs> it's, like, it's really funny. It's just like a real simple thing. But, but um, yeah, uh, uh, it's all pretty cool so far. The, the Zamasu Goku Black shit is, was pretty great, though. Uh, it did get ridiculous a couple times, like some of the, like the, the fuck-ups. Like, oh, Goku forgot the sensu beads. He left them on top of the toilet. Oh yeah, <laughs> that was that, that's something that happened. And then, yeah, and then like they they were gonna do the the Mafuba, the evil containment wave to to contain Zamasu because he's he can't kill him, and uh, then he forgot the jar in the time machine and it exploded. And <laughs> <laughs> but on top of that, he also forgot the charm to seal him in the jar. So it didn't matter. It didn't even matter anyway. <laughs> Yeah, because they didn't God fucking it. listen to Piccolo. I tell you, it's, it's they should just listen to Piccolo to begin with. <laughs> yeah. So how how about how about them doing my boy dirty? Trunks, oh. let let him be the victor at the end, and then Psych, <laughs> I'm a planet. Well, he turned into no, he turned into Gygus. What happened was they killed him, <laughs> and he and Zamasu turned into Gygus, and I was like, oh, okay, that, that they're gonna go that route, and <laughs> they couldn't comprehend the nature of his attack. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I thought the ending of it was kind of funny, though. I mean, Trunks still beat him, I guess. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, Trunks, Trunks still, like, gets, like, the moral victory uh, of the whole thing, which is great. But it is really funny that they're, like, it's literally pull the button out of your ass. <laughs> the they set button. it up. They, they set it up. 
<laughs> yeah, they did. They, he knew what he was doing. It, it's kind of funny. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, uh, I'm still really enjoying it, even though, like, I'm, I'm still taking umbrage with the fact that they made Goku, like, a lot dumber. Uh, oh, they, made, they made Goku so fucking stupid. I, it doesn't uh, make any sense. I mean, the uh, like, I'm not going to get into too much of that, but, like, the, the Tournament of Power shit, basically, it's like, they, he kind of becomes the heel of the Tournament of Power because he just, because he really wanted to fight, he caused this these ridiculous stipulations to come into play where a universe gets deleted if they, they fucking lose. And... <laughs> And so now everybody hates him because they know that he caused this this tournament to happen. <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, good stuff though. Um, I also watched uh, Dawn of the Dead, the original from oh, 1978. Yeah. But I watched like a, a, a like a super cut version of it that has like stuff from Zombie Two, and I guess there's different cuts of Dawn of the Dead that exist. And this one's like two and a half hours. Uh, I've never seen that cut. It, yeah, so I'm like wondering like what other versions of this movie actually look like because I, I was like, I kind of felt the length of it a little bit. I'm like, this just feels a little longer than it needs to be. Uh, so, and I've, I, uh, me and my friends when we were watching it, uh, one of them was talking about different endings, and I wasn't aware there was different endings. <laughs> so, uh, eventually, I was going to get a physical copy of this movie. I don't know what I'm going to get. There's VHS, there's DVD. I'm assuming there's probably like a fucking laser disc or some shit, but is that, why, nothing... is that why you put the George A. Romero, uh, Resident Evil thing? Cause you watched Dawn of the Dead and you did like a deep dive or whatever. Uh, no, not exactly. It just popped up in my feed, uh, okay. that they, they had a trailer. Uh, they're also doing like a fan film, uh, the keeper's diary. Yeah. Um, I'm really excited about that. That's probably, it's hilarious. Uh, the, the most accurate Resident Evil movie is going to be made by like a bunch of fans off of a Kickstarter. <laughs> Sometimes that's how shit works. So, um, Kickstarter. Uh, but yeah, Dawn of the Dead was great. But I'm I'm more curious about these different versions of the movie that exist now. After after that, um, I watched Friday the Thirteenth Part Seven and Eight. Uh. Part seven was kind of like I felt like it was kind of continuing off of like the pace they set from six a little bit. They put like a little twist, a little lemon twist on it because they had like a Carrie ish character with a psychokinesis, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know <laughs> that one was fun. Um, part eight was just a little disappointing to me. <laughs> Because uh, that's it, it's funny because that's I was that was the one I was the most excited about just because the title it's like Jason takes Manhattan like what the fuck he goes to Manhattan and just murders people like how's that work eventually yeah, yeah it's like not the, exactly <laughs> the last twenty minutes he ends up in Manhattan I'm like what the fuck yeah <laughs> he doesn't even really terrorize anybody in Manhattan still has one of my favorite scenes in all of those movies though which one. The one where the the dude is a boxer and he's like fighting him all the way across the rooftop yes. and beating the shit out of Jason and he's just taking it all and Jason just takes one uppercut and knocks the guy's head off. <laughs> I laugh out loud when I saw it happen. Every time so I'm like, funny. it always gets me. I'm like, the what? I don't know if it was worth it just to see that, but yeah, <laughs> it's, as a, it's still as pretty a kid. Great. That movie is what helped me finally hit the point where I was like, these aren't scary. That scene's what helped me because I was like, that is so ridiculous. It's hmm. funny. 
<laughs> it's just funny. And it clicked. And I was like, oh, these are comedies. These are horror. I just yeah. like when he's on the subway and he just knocks down that person. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good, too. Yeah. Uh, I also like when, like, the gang, there's, like, a gang sitting there listening to, like, fucking music or whatever. And, like, Jason's walking by and he, like, kicks their fucking boombox and shit. Just walking, storms past him. They're like, hey, motherfucker. And they do, like, take out their butterfly knife and shit. And they're all going to, like, fight him. And then Jason just takes his mask off and they're like, we're sorry. And then they start around leaving. <laughs> I remember Cinema Snob used to that clip like a hundred goddamn times. <laughs> <laughs> like I don't, I don't dislike that one, uh, but that one's probably one of the weaker ones to me. Uh, um, yeah. What the biggest thing I noticed about it was the extreme lack of gore, and the kills were like really lame in it. It uh, was it PG thirteen. I don't know. I didn't really pay any attention to that. That's right, one of them, it might be that one. A friend told me that they like had been chasing a PG-13 and they abandoned it, but it was late into the development, so it kind of like fucked up with the consistency of the kills or something. I don't know if it's really... that one. It might have been another one. I don't know. Yeah, I feel like I... it was that one because all the kills were like really tame except for when he punched the dude's fucking head off. Yeah, that's the one that stands out to me. I really couldn't tell you any other kills in that that particular one. Um, what, what's funny though too is especially like how ridiculous his powers are and how ridiculous the kills are in six and seven compared to eight. It is a huge step down. Oh yeah, yeah. That, that's the other thing because seven just gets absurd too. Because again, you got like you said, Carrie. That's probably the best way to compare it. It's Carrie versus yeah. Jason, and things get absurd. There's also, if I remember. In that particular movie, there's there's like multiple or at least one really extended time where like they're hitting him with a car multiple times. I don't think it. Yeah, that was the one. And there was like a weird subplot in it. Like, you know how there's a subplot with like the main character sometimes or, you know, the girl. Uh, And I didn't really get what was going on in this at all. Like, it was, like, the most lazy, fucking lackadaisical put-together subplot, I think, out of any of them I've seen. Yeah, I've read stuff before about this, about how this movie was doing a very weird, like, keeping up with the Joneses. <laughs> I don't know why, but they were trying to keep up with how the uh, Nightmare on Elm Street films were trying to tie in an overarching plot of, like, oh, well, there's someone that's going to be destined to stop him. Yeah. And it's got to be someone in the family. So they like, try to do some weird like thing like that, but it doesn't make any sense at all. And it's also a one-off, which makes no sense. Like, it has I, nothing to do with anything. Like, I, I literally didn't get it. I was like, what's... So this girl has some kind of problem in her family, and there's, like, I don't know, like, her uncle's an asshole, but and they don't really explain, come out and explain what's wrong with her ever. And then, like, she sees hallucinations of, like, Jason when he's, like, a child, when he drowns. And I'm like, what the fuck? Why is she seeing this? And then, like, just, they never explain it. Like, just, and then she's just fussing, fucking has telekinesis. telekinesis. Uh, well, no, that's the movie before it. That's seven. Oh, you're talking about, never mind. You're talking about the girl in eight that has a subplot. I see what you're talking. Never mind. Yeah. Sorry. I was, I was, I didn't realize you were talking about that one. Yeah. No, seven was fine. It was, it was a good time. Yeah, was good, but the same thing happens. You have a girl that just has this like these powers, and they don't explain it. Um, and then eight goes into that whole thing of there's someone that's supposed to have like some type of empathy 
connection ESP nonsense. Again, they don't explain it. They, the movies just get hokey after that. Six was good to bring him back, but after that, it just things were kind of just a loose rail car ride, right? You just take it yeah, for what it is. More or less. I like I like seven more than than eight. Um, I also watched Five Nights at Freddy's. <laughs> huh. uh, How's that? Uh, it was okay. Like uh, I'm not like a really a fan of that series or anything. Um, I just know a lot about it because uh, I was told a lot about it by other people. <laughs> Same. I have so many children come in all the time to office and they're like, Hey, do you like Five Nights at Freddy's? Yeah. Also, if you want to tie it to the movie, uh, the lead actor in the Five Nights at Freddy movies, Josh, Hutch- Josh Hutcherson, he was the voice of the boy in yep. Polar Express. In Polar Express. So, look at that. They're basically the same movie. He was also PETA in Hunger Games. Five Nights at Freddy's was in that one cart with Scrooge. <laughs> he, he was PETA. Uh, well, yeah, it was all right. Um, they tried to have more of a, like, I was told they changed a lot of things in the story, uh, but, like, I got most of these takes from my sister. She's, like, a big fan of those games. Uh, and she was like, look, they changed a lot of stuff, but, you know, they kind of had to. And he was like, I get it. You know, I'm one of those people that says the same thing about adaptations. Like, you got to change shit for movies. It's just, it's just I heard you got to understand puppets. that. I heard they use puppets in this. So like, there's no CGI or whatever. Yeah, they're all real animatronics. They're not C- There's one thing that was CGI, and it was like the weird saw blade shit when it was going to like eat somebody's head and put them in a in the animatronic suit. Um, but that was I. I really like that aspect of it. Uh, and you know, uh, it was cool seeing the, the animatronic characters and stuff, and there was like some mystery subplot with like the human characters and whatever. It was it was decent. Uh, I feel like if you're like actually a fan of the the uh, franchise, though, you might have a bigger reaction to it, uh, positive or negative, than I did. Mm. So, uh, but apparently they're going to make more. Enjoy. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I mean, you knew that was gonna happen. You know, there's like eight fucking games or whatever. I'm pretty sure whatever. Boy, I've never mind. I'm not gonna do it. That that's that's bad. That's a bad taste. Makes <laughs> uh, autistic squealing. Never mind. <laughs> I uh, played and I finally beat uh, Tactics Ogre. Tactical Ogres. They're dead. I killed. Yay. them. Yay. Um, I'm not gonna say anything about it. I'm gonna save that for later. <laughs> I also I've been playing Spider Man Miles Morales, aka Spider Boy, aka Spin, as Chaz told me his name is, and I'm not gonna let that go. You just give him a fucking name. Stop calling him Spider Man. I'm sick of it. Spin. <laughs> but uh, uh, I'm having a pretty good time with it though. Uh, and I want I wanted to play that before I played Spider Man too. I know I don't have to, but I didn't get around to playing it, and I know it's shorter. I'm already like almost seventy five percent done with it anyway. <laughs> So it's pretty good for just playing it for a couple of days. Uh, and I've been reading Superboy Volume 1 uh, by uh, Carl Kessel and Tom Grummet. And this is uh, the cool Superboy, as I like to call them, from like the, you know, when the death and return of Superman. Okay, I was about to say, is, yeah. Yeah, this is the, the cool Superboy with the jacket, the sunglasses and shit. Uh, and, uh, I guess he's in Hawaii right now. He's just, he's going on a Superboy tour. He's got like Paul Heyman trying to like merchandise him and shit. 
literally there's this guy who's like he reminds me of paul Heyman, and he's like using him to try to make money off of him it's like weird my, my client superboy it's superboy <laughs> <laughs> but no um it's uh there's not a whole lot to say about it right now though i've, I've just started reading the book and i'm like a quarter way in uh i'll probably talk more about it later when i read more of it that's all that's everything i did all right, Chaz, what about you? All right, so I'll get the video game stuff out of the way first since we're not going to go over any of it until later. Um, and then we'll come back to stuff I watched. So I, I beat Final Fantasy 16. Keep my comments there. I then followed that right up with Mortal Kombat 1 and finished the plot there, although that was kind of quick, but can't save my thoughts there. And then, I don't know, I had like a nostalgia build up to want to play more Final Fantasy, but then given that Final Fantasy Rebirth is going to be out just in a few short months, and I haven't played in Terragrade, um, I wanted to play, I basically I was at an op- option of, can I play Spider-Man to, and finish it before I play Spider-Man 2? Like, you know, I'll do what Zach said, play Miles Morales, um, or do the other. Well, I've... I don't know what's wrong, but something happened to in the dark web with my, or in the dark cloud, whatever, with my uh, storage. But basically, my my Spider-Man save that I had with all the shit on it is gone. So basically, yeah. So I all those hours of collecting backpacks and bullshit's gone. That's kind of frustrating because I was so what? close and I easily could have platinum that game. I just put like I don't know, like four more hours into it. So, so was it not stored locally on your PS5 either? No, because I but I'd played it before on PS4, and then I I don't know what happened and whatever oh. move or transition I've made, but I've I, at one point I had um, a uh, uh, external hard drive that had shit on it, but then it corrupted. And the problem is the PS5 is that, and I, which I think it's fixed now, but for the longest time there wasn't an SSD that would actually let you keep backups of the PS5 games. There probably mm. is now, honestly, but. Um, I don't have one. I just have a, another massive hard drive. But again, it can only hold my PS4 titles. Um, so I'm still having that problem. I actually need to look into that if someone has recommendations. But um, but anyway, uh, long story short, in order to get that, I would have to play through the game again. And I already know this, the ending. Like, that's the worst part is I already know what happened. So it's not like I'm getting going to get some extra beat from it, which sucks. So um, it is what it is. Uh, play Spain. Just do yeah, I think more. yeah, I've already started it a little bit just to see what it looked like on PS5, and it looks it looks pretty good. Uh, it's also timely. It's a, it's a holiday game, a Christmas game. Oh, that's true. That yeah, it is. I, I'm glad you mentioned. It. I played it last year a little bit uh, around this time, so it might be worth just beating. I think I'm like a third of the way through or something, so it's probably worth picking that up. Um, but instead, I jumped on the Final Fantasy train, so I am like. I think I just stopped Chapter Dude, Six crazy. of Final Fantasy VII Remake, um, or RE Make, as I'll, I'll call it. But again, Re-remake. keep opinions and stuff separate. But that's where I'm at there. For TCG stuff, tons happened since we, we all last talked. Uh, so Pokemon, I mean, I'm just accruing the the collection. You know, you just you just what is it? You you accumulate the the, the females and and <laughs> copulate the money is that isn't that the or the wealth i think i said that backwards what, trying to like do a bad joke uh I don't you know. pimp 
<laughs> I have a lot of Pokemon cards. That's the problem. But uh, I did get my Grey Hat Pikachu, which is cool. Um, and a new set came out. And I don't know how, but in a matter of opening a little over 300 and some packs, I have finished the 84 card uh, secret art set. So, and well, that and trading with people. So, did that. Went to a small local event. Um, because I had to go there anyway for some other stuff I'll get to in a second, and uh, managed to uh, get third at the local event and get some stuff. So that was fun. Um, for Magic, so of course I'm I'm back on the cardboard crack. I can't remember if I mentioned that the last time, but I do you actually play Magic own a deck. and Larkana and Pokemon. You might as well pick up fucking Yu-Gi-Oh. Nah, fuck that. Well. I play play one piece if I'm going to play anything might else. Well, wasn't there a World of Warcraft card game? I might as well play that. Play that Dragon, Dragon Ball Z one. card game. Yeah. Flesh and Blood. Uh, yeah. You guys are like, what the fuck's that? Uh, that's that's the deep dive. Uh, but uh, <laughs> anyway, I, I played at a local this? event here. No. <laughs> yeah. Do you like trains? <laughs> From now on, that's just going to... Do you play the trains <laughs> card game? <laughs> Actually, not even shitting. Uh, the, the deck that I, I was playing... It 100% is the autism deck because it has an unnecessary like 20 step infinite combo loop that takes forever that I didn't realize it had. And uh, I just thought it was like, hey, go play. If you know magic, go play green. Green is the big stompy. I'm just going to play big, big ass beasts and do whatever. I thought I was doing that. Uh uh-uh, No, apparently I signed up for autism and didn't realize it. But there is a ghost train in the sideboard of the deck. So <laughs> it, for what it's worth. Uh, but anyway, um, yeah, I played in an event and I got my, I was trying to qualify for, uh, the local area I live in apex gaming is the, the store. They have their own season circuit and, and they are, they're about to have a 20 K invitational. So I was like, Oh, I'll, I should go and try to get qualified for that since I've got a deck and I got my ass beat because I built the wrong deck because I played the autism deck and I am not that far on the spectrum. I'm, I'm like at best, like a, like a light orange maybe a little yellow and this is like deep green maybe maybe in like the blue hue of the spectrum how whatever that fuck that means but uh i did go ahead and get a modern deck though which is if anybody knows anything about magic that's that's a lot of money so um i'm gonna try to qualify there's a couple last chance qualifiers um so i'm gonna try to do those over the following weeks uh in hopes of getting in and i'll be able to play in that 20k because at max, there's only going to be 80 people playing for $20,000 in prizes. So that's the odds are pretty good. It's pretty decent money. Who knows? Maybe I can take it down. But uh, anyway, uh, so moving on to the other card games, so we hit the trifecta of things that bore you. Uh, Lorcana, I finally got my booster box that I ordered originally at the MSRP uh, price uh, that didn't ship the original time. And the the restock boxes that have come out are hot fire. I ended up opening like $600 worth of value out of the box um, that I paid $140 for. Um, even if it were inflated, I got more than my value. Uh, but I've managed to pull this. Uh, there's like 12 like really rare enchanted cards. And I pulled an enchanted card. So that's what they look like. This Aurora. is This is what success looks like, guys. For those at home who can't see it, it's the full art Aurora. So yeah. Where is she anyway, from? What movie? That's uh, Sleeping Beauty. Sleeping Beauty, brother. No, I don't watch cartoons. We're gonna, <laughs> we're, we're gonna do a Disney Disney February whatever. 
Oh, Suzanne, I'm not even kidding. Like, I, I'm pretty sure okay, I'd get in so much trouble for saying this. I'm, I'm pretty sure I would I would probably get like a little booklet of extra sexual favors if I could talk you guys into doing them. Like, I would just hijack a month and make you guys watch Disney movies. Oh, shit. They're short. Let's let's double them up. Let's do two a week. There it is. All right. Well, <laughs> we're going to watch eight Disney princess movies when it's my my choice. Dubs, you're welcome. They don't welcome. have to be princess ones. They can be nope, that's, Listen, I'm really trying to get favors here. So and being married sucks. Now, what? I didn't say that. Well, that was your decision. That <laughs> 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 is true. I did choose it. Um, anyway, all jokes aside, uh, it, the, I was very happy to open the stuff that I did. Um, I haven't actually had a chance to play the next uh, set comes out in a few weeks. I'm hoping to try to get what I need because um, I am uh, I have been grinding on uh, Pixelborn and I finally have reached Diamond Rank, um, which is cool. I'm not quite to the leaderboard part yet, but hopefully I'll get there soon. But um, yeah, those words mean something to me. But I'm hoping, yeah, those are those are key words. Yeah, battle like, passes. People oh, that yeah. like trains know what I'm talking about. Uh, but. Uh, there's a, a convention in December that's coming uh, to Columbus, and they, I guess, like the unofficial pro Wakana tour circuit is going to have an event there, and I'm ready. Wakana Con. So, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, you're, you're good, but uh, hopefully, going to do that. But um, as far as things that I watched, I watched a, quite a bit of different things. Um, so, uh, Bleach. Thousand Year War just had its season two or, or part two finale, um, and that, that 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 whole show has gotten wild uh, as far as like what's going on, and it's one of those things. It's like, well, how ludicrous or, or how much more ridiculous can they get? And you think they couldn't do things? Nope, they get to some really mind fucky like reality warping powers. And at first I was like, I don't know if I'm going to like this. Nope, I've really liked it. It's just a really cool concept of, of how to, like, fuck someone up in a fight. Um, so I thought that's been neat. Um, I watched the Attack on Titan series finale, and uh, they, it how finally came out. Um, I mean, well, I knew a well, little bit of what was going to happen because the, the manga, I, I was aware of some of it. But... Even that, like it's it's it was beautiful. I, well, I cried for like half an hour. I like I held out for a good part of it, with like some of the tragic parts that happened, and then there was a very specific like thing that happened at the like after like the climactic battle and stuff was over, but the, the very last chapter, and it broke me. And I, I cried like a baby for like twenty minutes watching the rest of it. it. The whole series is beautiful. I, I again, I had people like get really dumb about their their takes on it, but it, it again, if they've not missed it. These are these are the same people that probably think Final Fantasy 13 is a good video game. So there I'm not go. I'm not gonna bother listening to their opinions on it. But no, it, it is. Mm. I I described it to someone as it's like a soft nougaty center of the the beauty and the reasons why we push on as as humans, wrapped in like this thick like heavy like almost bitter dark chocolate of despair and tragedy. You have to bite through all that to find the nugget, but once you do, it's so fucking good. Um, I loved it though. I thought I thought it was great. I like how it ended. A lot of people were so conflicted. Um, I actually just read a an interview uh, from the creator, and like because there's been you know a good bit of time between when the manga and the, the anime, 
um, had had their finales and there was talk about why he didn't decide to change it because there was actually a lot of uh, divisive opinion on the way the, the manga ended and the, his his uh, answers were really interesting. I won't get into that too much because it, it kind of spoils a lot, but um, his, his answers were really cool. It was a very unique reason of why to not change it I thought was kind of cool. So I, I would love at some point if someone else I know has watched it, I could talk to them about it, but I'm a loser and I have no friends. So that's well, that's what, what I, that's my plan because I watched Attack on Titan season one and I really enjoyed it and I just fell out and Same then here. and uh, I want to get back on it. But I do like when directors or anybody that's creative that doesn't listen to the fans like when as far and let me elaborate because I know you probably like eh, isn't that what you always say? Listen to the fans when it comes to like Disney stuff. But what I'm talking about is like when they're in progress of the show and there's always like they want a character's storyline to go a certain way, but the writer has a, a different idea and the they the fans like go on uproar to make it happen. And I do like that some creators just go, no, fuck you. This is the path that it's supposed to go on. I mean, so. it's it's like reading a book like someone again, you're getting a, a book in chunks instead of getting instead of getting a, a book or, or guess a series, like if you were just to have all of it in front of you and take it for what it is, it'd be fine. But when you're getting bits of it at a time you're, and you're waiting for the next thing to come out, you may have like expectations of what it's going to be. So that ends up being the problem of, Oh, it should go this way or that way. And it was kind of cool to get his opinion, but it is one of the more unique reasons I've heard why someone would do that. And it, perfectly ties into the series itself which is so cool um so i actually really enjoyed uh reading that interview and seeing why he said that but even without that i thought um, i know the other thing that's been said is the anime version of it because of how it was expressed and how it was it was shot is it, it's very well executed compared to the other and they clarified like just very subtle things they did to clarify some confusion made all the difference between people who read it versus watching it uh so i think that was really good i would highly recommend it at, at this point and it's recency bias but honestly for just the complexity of what it is um it's probably my favorite anime like that's Whoa. that's a hard thing to say over something like dragon ball too like it is it's and i just i just recently watched um actually i, I needed to add that to the list but i just finished watching um, Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood again, and that's a fantastic thing to watch. It's, it's fairly short, all things considered, um, compared to a lot of others. Uh, but Attack on Titan's not that long, honestly. I mean, it's 80, I think, with the two specials at the end, because they're basically like, and I think one's an hour and 10 minutes, and one's an, the finale I watched is an hour and a half. Separate from those, it's like 82 or 83 episodes. It's really not that long. Um, you know, compared to like Naruto or One Piece being ridiculous. Mm. But, uh, and it's one of those things too, like, because of all of the little nuances and things that happen throughout the, the uh, story, it's something that is rewarded to go back and watch because there's so many little subtle things that happen on a rewatch that you wouldn't have any idea watching it the first time around. Um, so that's also a cool thing I, I went back to see. Um, but I would highly recommend it. Uh, but that said, I uh, can't wait till I can see it in, in English too. I mean, again, I watched this one sub because it's it just came out. But they'll eventually do an English dub. It'll be good to see how that translates. But I've watched most of the series both in Japanese and English, so um, 
I think it was it was very well done. Uh, the music's also fucking amazing. They, they did a really good job with the music throughout the series. Um, anyway, I'll stop jerking off Attack on Titan. You guys should watch it. Uh, <laughs> Invincible uh, Season 2 premiered, um, and they went in a different direction in a way, but kind of the same, if, if you're aware of what the other comics do. Uh, but they open with a, a cool cliffhanger type of thing right at the start that's confusing, but then it actually ties into one of the stories that's, that's shortly after. It's just something that's not like heavily represented in the, the comics. They just like expressed it in their own way, which is kind of cool. But it makes sense without like having some huge effect on the, the overall plot, like it ties in. So, um, again, they, they've only had the premiere up so far, so more to see on that. But um, if you haven't watched the season, first season of that, Invincible is really good. Um, very like brutal as well. It was pretty graphic. But we like that because we, we compare Christmas train movies to Resident Evil and yeah. Five Nights at Freddy's. So, um, yeah. I went and had a weird, like, 90s kick uh, during the Halloween season and stuff, too, because um, we all eat that, that time-traveling meat here. Um, I watched Under Wraps, which is that Disney animated, like, the original movie from the 1990s. I don't know if you guys have watched it before. I've never heard of that. It's one of those movies that's, like, directly on, like, the Disney Channel only. It's, oh. like, one of the first movies they did this with. Oh, my goodness. I don't know what the production costs were. Or what the total cost of that movie was, but it was not very much. Um, man, you talk about something that did age like milk. It was kind of hard to watch, but it was also like kind of endearing in that way, and it was it was funny. It, it's basically a movie about these kids that find out their neighbor has a mummy in his basement, but the mummy is awake and he's like kind of a a dummy. He's he's like he just it's like a child. He's actually played by the guy that plays Patrick in SpongeBob. So, like, the noise is like, he sounds like Patrick. It's hilarious. But he he just wants to find his love. He's trying to find out where his true love is, who he was was supposed to be buried with. And the kids end up going through a whole thing where they're, like, going through these antics. And they end up getting involved in some weird gang thing where the curator of the museum faked his own death because he's trying to sell the, the mummies and it's a bunch of nonsense. It's silly. It's fun though. I, I'd, I, I don't know if I'd recommend it to anybody. It's definitely the nostalgia that carries it over. I guess they've remade the movie. Cause when I looked up, I couldn't find it on the Disney uh, app. Like it's not on Disney plus the remake is, but the original, we had to look up on YouTube and watch, but it was worth it. Um, I watched a couple episodes of DuckTales, like the original mm-hmm. comp, uh, cartoon and then spider-man the animated series from the 90s oh, showing evie the good stuff we watched those one one morning you know eating cereal saturday morning doing it right um she liked ducktales um and she thought that scrooge mcduck was fascinating because he has lots of money and she was scared of spider-man she said this spider-man's too scary i want my spider-man which is like the children's one and i was like no nope we're gonna break this I'm going to just make you watch this till you're desensitized. You have to learn to not be scared. Yeah, that's what I told her. you got to learn to not be afraid. No, just let her hate comic book shit. No, she needs to see Hobgoblin. Yeah, we haven't gotten that far. <laughs> I mean, with the first couple episodes, I think we only watched the first two. It's Lizard and Craven. So. You need to see when Spider-Man gets the symbiote and he starts going crazy. He goes, Shocker! He starts freaking screaming, going after him. <laughs> you can't escape me! <laughs> He's like sweating and crying and shit. Yeah, I, I need her to see Cocaine Spider-Man and 
and see what happens. But for now, we'll let her stick to her stuff. I don't want to scare her too much. Um, you show her Resident Evil Zero. I don't know how well that'll go. I don't think it's that'll a prequel go. to the Polar Express. <laughs> She'll look at you and say, "Daddy, I don't like this, but I love." The I, what, there, there were no <laughs> Christmas hobos. Then uh, <laughs> um, last night, uh, Suzanne and I watched Renfield, uh, oh. the movie that recently came out, and this movie had a lot of mixed criticism. Um, I'm still not entirely sure where I, I land on it, um, but overall, it's pretty positive. Um, I thought it was a fun little movie. It. Yeah, is it any of you watched it yet? No, not yet. Um, they did a couple of really neat things with the movie, and and I can kind of hold off if, if you guys are planning to watch it. If you don't want me to spoil anything, um, it's more about like just like some of the uh, the decisions they made in regards to like the classic films. That's okay, mm. but um, they just do some neat bits like when they're doing like the uh, some backstory on how Renfield ended up in the situation he's in. They actually rendered the classic. Universal Studios uh, Dracula and just had Nicolas Cage and Nicolas Holt act out those scenes. And it's very like fast paced. Like it's not like it's the full on stuff. It's like showing you as a flashback and it's pretty quick. But it was neat that they tied that in and then showed like modern. But the the movie's really graphic. There's a ton of gore and blood. The blood is CGI though. And it's like they go so over the top with how it looks that it, it looks pretty bad in some cases i kind of thought it looked pretty schlocky but um mm. but again it doesn't take itself seriously at all like at one point he like rips um renfield rips a guy's arms off and is like beating down a bunch of other people with the arms and then uses them as spears it, it's absurd um nicholas cage is fantastic in the movie of course uh it's hilarious. Uh, so I'd recommend it. The, the story was just weird, though. I didn't expect there to be a cop drama tied into the story, but there was. And uh, there's also this underlying message. The actual message of the movie is about finding the power to get out of toxic relationships. So it's like a domestic abuse support movie. Oh, man. I thought it was about Vampire Cop. Nope. No vampire cop. Uh, it was weird. It, again, I, I think it's an interesting film. I, I don't know. It's just it's such a weird film, but that's why I still don't know quite where I land on it. But I'm at least at minimum, it was okay. I would give a light recommendation at minimum. I just I think over time, as I think about it, I'll probably look at it more fondly. But but yeah, yeah. that's that's all the stuff I checked out. Uh, Call me Universal. I'll, I'll I'll give you my treatment of Vampire Cop. When you said vampire cop, were you just like, because there's a statistic that cops uh, are part of domestic violence with their wives? Is that why you did a connection? No, because Chad said that there was a cop. So there's a cop thing in it. Yeah, there's, there's, a, there's, a, there's literally a back a whole backstory. Like, big segments of the movie cover like a cop drama that has nothing to do with Dracula and Renfield. Like it was so, kind of weird. Yeah. So it made me is think, also in the movie. So it's kind of strange. Has there, has there ever been like a vampire cop thing? And I was like, no. So why hasn't it been done yet? So I started thinking about vampire cop. So what, what we need is I need, I need Dolph Lundgren as a white ripoff of blade. And I need Eddie Murphy to reprise his role in Beverly Hills cop. And we get vampire buddy cop. No, you need to use is, uh, 
is Vampire Cop a cop who is a vampire or a cop who polices vampires? He is a cop who is a vampire. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Transylvania Hills. That's the cop. only way that it works. Yeah. Um, that's all you, you watched, by the way, Chaz? Yeah, yeah that's, that's, that's all I had. Yeah. Yeah, the Spider-Man fucking uh, show is awesome. I, I I remember hating the intro of the music though. Spider-Man. Oh, really? Yeah. No, that fucking oh, no. shit rules. Oh, it does. The uh, the lead guitarist of Aerosmith wrote the the uh, theme song. Well, we got another Aerosmith connection. Yeah, Whoa. there it is. Yep. It doesn't fucking rule as much as X-Men though. Sorry. What's what the fuck's his name? Joe something. Who cares? Joe, Joe Satriani. <laughs> No. <laughs> Silver Surfer. The Silver Surfer. Never. I just did it. We just did another Marvel connection there. Oh so this, this this video is actually how how is the Polar Express a part of the MCU? <laughs> <laughs> well, there was this one issue where Spider Man had to get on a train, and um, <laughs> I'd like that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was underground. Train. Is Santa it's Claus different. canonical in in the in the Marvel universe? I think so. I imagine. It's uh, crazy, yeah, right? I'm sure they met him at some point. In the goal. yeah, wasn't there like it's Thanos? Thanos. 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 I thought there was like some weird crossover with Deadpool. I thought there was a Deadpool Santa crossover. There might have been. There probably was. They've done everything with Deadpool. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, uh, I'm going to take uh, PB Dubs to take us out uh, next week is eight crazy nights so get your adam sandler ready because you're gonna be with all that stuff so uh get ready anyway we will see you in the next episode peace thanks for listening on dasher on dancer on prancer on vix oh hello i hope you like this beautiful movie and the boys talking about this movie a beautiful story but with flawed structuring in the movie But if you want to catch more Big Trouble in Little Podcast, give the Christmas cheer on iTunes and Spotify and give them a review or two. Also, follow them on Twitter at Big Trouble Net. The next movie they are going to do is an animated Adam Sandler movie called Eight Crazy Nights. So, see you next week. Hoo-ho-ho!